your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thursday, May 27th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You could also email me at locked on FLA Panthers at gmail.com. Don't forget to also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page at Locked On NHL Pods. And don't forget the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So Florida Panther fans, I know right now at the moment you might be feeling down, but... I think after when you look back at everything this season, I honestly don't like the result, but after tonight, I can kind of put a smile on my face with the season that the Florida Panthers have have had, excuse me, and here to talk about tonight's game and a little bit about what the Florida Panthers went through this season is my buddy from pantherparkway.com, Nick Fairbanks. Nick, how are you, buddy? Doing very well, Armando. Thank you again for having me on, and uh, good morning, Panther fans. Thank you so much for coming on. Wish that this was with a win and forcing a game seven, but uh, we, we are less than 30 minutes after the final buzzer of this 4 nothing loss. As I was telling you before we started recording for the listeners to hear this, I wasn't as upset in this game losing by four goals like I was in game four. And because when the Florida Panthers were within the last 10 minutes of the third, I was starting to go into reflection mode of the season. And Lots of positives, lots and lots of positives. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anything that this team has anything to be, you know, down about. Um, did it end in the result that uh, we or they wanted? Definitely not. Um, but this wasn't a game that I feel that they really, you know, did not not play well. I think they dominated the whole game. It just uh, so happens that uh, one of the things that I'm going to bring up later in the show is, um, you know, it was goaltending. Um, 
Andre Vasilevsky um, showed up <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely shut the door. So, um, you know, nothing that we can really do about that. Um, I thought the team played very well. Um, and as far as, you know, how the season goes, I, I really do think this team finally has an identity. Um, if that's one thing that we can take away from this season is that Florida is now a place where people can come and understand that they're going to have to come hard to play and that we are expected to win games. You said it so well with expected to win. And coming into this year, the Florida Panthers were not expected to win. Me going into the season, there were so many questions with this front office on whether some of the pieces that Bill Zito acquired were going to be a fit or how long is it going to take for the Florida Panthers to get it together. And it started right off the bat and they, they started hot, didn't go on any more than a three game losing streak in this season, dealt with a little adversity with Barkoff's injury in Chicago in the second to last series against the Blackhawks, Aaron Eckblad's break and and the goaltending now, I guess, controversy now in Sunrise, Florida now. And it's been a roller coaster, but more ups than downs than I can say. Definitely. And that, that unfortunately, is the summation of the season. Um, I felt really good about Bobrovsky's season this year early on just because I felt like he had finally turned it around and he was exactly kind of what we were looking for. Uh, he was able to make saves when he needed to. However, um, I feel like as the season gone on uh, with Drager playing as well as he did, um, I don't feel like he was ever really able to get on a roll. Um, and you can see that here in this series, um, you know, Drager got hurt before the season ended. Um, he wasn't able to get back to himself. And then on top of that, Bobrovsky wasn't able to get a couple games together, um, you know, and then enter in Spencer Knight, which I believe played probably the best two games the Panther goaltender did in the series uh, in games five and six. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I can definitely say that it, going into next year, depending on what happens in, you know, uh, free agency or even the, um, expansion draft with Seattle it'll be very interesting to see what this uh, team wants to do with their goaltending going forward um, and then they also have some questions going forward with um, you know the defense on the back end I mean uh, we have two players that are making uh, quite a lump sum of money and it'll be interesting to see what Bill Zito can pull uh, out of his hat this time kind of like what he did with Mike Mathis you're absolutely right there and I'm assuming you're talking about Strawman and Yandel that come up to at least 11 million in the cap in a flat cap world. And with let's let's talk about Spencer Knight a little bit. What were what were your feelings before like after game 4? Mm -hmm. Is it ever in your mind that Spencer Knight should have been right in or were you talk still talking about or thinking about Bobrovsky and or Drieger? Um, I honestly thought it was Knight's time. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I believe that neither of them really cemented themselves as, you know, being that go-to guy in the series. Um, I felt like Bobrovsky is what saved game three um, for us coming in in the third and sparking the team to a win. Um, but then game four, um, you know, I'm not going to really blame him for that. But again, 
you know, goaltenders show up and they need to make the stops uh, when, you know, when it's needed. I mean, Vasilevsky did that basically all series, um, especially tonight or last night. So um, I think, you know, what we saw from night for the last two games is something that we can definitely look forward to. Um, at no point during the last two games that I ever felt like he was out of control or that, you know, they were in his head at all. He was always composed very uh, on top of his game. And I felt like he had a better overall game than uh, the other two goalies. He wasn't giving up big rebounds, or if he did, he was making an effort to stop the rebound or the second chances. Yeah, and for the second straight game, Spencer Knight dealt with a goal in Tampa Bay. So, <laughs> and both of those goals were somebody right in front of the net, right on night. So in game five, there was that breakaway that was off Yandel. And mm-hmm. it, and this one was just right in front of the net. Pat Maroon was just, nobody picked him up. He had two attempts at Spencer Knight. And w- when he's all alone on, 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 on a rookie, chances are the skater is going to win over the goalie. And I mean, you got to you got to give Spencer Knight as well some credit at the end even though the Florida Panthers were down 3 to nothing at the time before the empty net happened the Marcus Nunavara tripped in at the blue line mm-hmm. and could have easily could have easily been 4 nothing at the time even though they were way out of it and Spencer Knight sa- saves a a I don't know if it's a big save because it it would have been too little too late anyway, but even when the Florida Panthers were down, Spencer Knight showed some fight and he found a way to make a shootout save like and <laughs> a breakaway save from Blake Coleman. So what what do you think about that? What do you think about that save by Spencer Knight? Definitely reassuring just because I know in years past where I guess when the wheels come off, the wheels really come off with this team. Um, I mean, there, there have been years in the past where I could definitely see Bobby Lou uh, letting something in through the five hole or unfortunately, uh, Bobrovsky's favorite spot to let up a goal, unfortunately, is through the five hole. So um, he never was out of it. He's a very competitive young man. And to say that, you know, uh, he was going to give up another goal, um, you know, Again, he made the saves when the team needed it. Um, you know, I don't put the let you know this game on him at all. Um, and it's just it's refreshing to see that we have somebody in net once again that I think should be able to take the mantle. Uh, probably either going into the next season or possibly if, however, you know the draft uh, shakes out, uh, maybe midway through the season, just completely takes over. And that is something we could discuss. So. <laughs> in the off season and, mm-hmm. and, and that could be a conversation for many, many <laughs> weeks. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computers, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. 
Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. At this point in time, I Drieger's gonna walk. He's gonna he's gonna get paid. Mm-hmm. I, I I I don't honestly I don't think his performance in this series really affected his free agent stock because they saw how well he played all season. Mm-hmm. But I think I think of I think of it like a rookie quarterback and a veteran quarterback. Uh, obviously the people listening to this are South Florida sports fans. The <laughs> one comparison that I could make is Tua Tungavailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick. The veteran is there. They start the season. And if they, if they start playing badly, then you insert the youngster. So I think that's going to be the same thing that in, in this case with Bobrovsky mm-hmm. starting the season as number one and being that mentor to the young 13th overall pick from 2019. And then if, if Bobrovsky doesn't play well, then insert Spencer Knight there, like you said, midway through the season. Definitely. And, um, you know, it, it's it's funny. I made this analogy earlier in the uh, Panther Parkway chat earlier this week, but um, successful teams continue to draft uh, positions of need. Um, you have baseball with pitchers. You have football with quarterbacks. Um, and if you look at it, teams that are successful in the NHL actually draft goalies after goalie, after goalie. Um, you can look at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they had, <laughs> they had Marc-Andre Fleury and they had Matt Murray. And all of a sudden this kid Jari comes out of nowhere and, you know, usurps Matt Murray. And now Matt Murray is off in no, no man's land up in Ottawa now. So um, the fact that Pittsburgh was able to not to really miss a beat um, with moving on from Matt Murray and insert Jari, I think the Panthers need to look the same way. Um, you know, Spencer Knight, to me, in five games, he's now five and one in his career, and that's including two playoff games, uh, has proven that, you know, he he can play amongst men. And, you know, he can take on uh, probably the load that's going to be coming at him soon. Um, the only concerning thing that we got to talk about is, you know, what to do, what to do about Bob. Um, you know, it's been two seasons, and he really hasn't looked right since he got here. Um, so one has to question, you know, is, is he – focused um is he really want to be here is he really want to win here or is it more or less is he collecting a 10 million dollar paycheck and those are valid questions to ask and the the training is there for bob he he, when he did have instagram he doesn't have any more at least to my knowledge he's always Mm -hmm. posting some training videos but maybe 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 he's just not the same player that he was in Philadelphia and Columbus from the years that he won the Vesna Trophy. And I think of, I also think of the similar similarities and the differences between the two GMs. Of course, we have a very small sample size with 
Bill Zito with just one mm-hmm. year, but not every move, not every move that Dale Talon did was awful. He's Correct. a great, he's a great talent evaluator, but Dale Talon's issue was cap management. That was really his issue this whole time. He he identified talent as of an Aaron Ekblad, an Alexander Barkov, a Jonathan Huberdeau, and Mackenzie Weger, and he, he was able to get some of those players. the The issue the the issues were get giving contracts to Strowman, giving con- big contracts to Keith Yandel, Sergey Bobrovsky, Mike Matheson. Although Bill Zito was able to get rid of that contract, and mm-hmm. you know you could take away you could take away some great things from both front offices, but I feel that. Zito was able to really get more of the complimentary pieces around. And I'm, and I'm really, I'm really, really damn excited to see <laughs> what he's going to do this off season before the start of the next season, which Panther fans, you listening to this, the start of next season is projected to be October 13th, 2021. So my mind is already on next season, looking forward to it five months away. Um, so definitely shorter time period than what we're used to. Cause unfortunately um, the franchise is used to being done probably about the first week, week and a half into April. So now that we're into the third week, uh, you know, almost end of May, uh, we only have five months. Uh, we have free agency to look forward to. We have the draft to look forward to. We have the expansion draft to look forward to, um, you know, and that should really take us uh, through July and August and, you know, really uh, have some fireworks around the team. Um, you know, one thing that I, I definitely am, I, I am a Dale Talon defender. Um, I know he was given chance after chance, and he had been here for a very long time. Um, did he have vices? Did he have things that he did that shouldn't have been done? Of course. Um, one thing that people keep bringing up right now is that we signed Bobrovsky to $10 million and then drafted Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight was not a given at 13. Spencer Knight was not a given in that draft where he was going to go to number 13. So um, instead you get what you can in free agency to sign Bobrovsky, the number one goaltender, I guess, you know, in the league at that time Um, you sign him, and then, you know, Spencer fell to us. Um, So to me, that's good. Hold on. Let me, let me me correct you. Let me correct you. The the draft was first. Ah, the draft was first 11 days apart. So Mm. the the draft was 11 days before free agency. Well, um, then that really takes me out of my my argument then. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I will turn it around then and just say, hey, listen, you know, um, you draft somebody um, at 13. Yeah, you're expecting him to be the number one goalie, but goalies do take time to develop. And I think the plan was is to bring in Spencer Knight, uh, develop him, you know, slowly, get him on the right path. And then by the time Bob was probably um, just about done with his career, then Spencer could learn from one of the best and then uh, take over the reins from there. So. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that there was a plan there. Just unfortunately, um, the play that, you know, Florida Panther fans and the management have seen, uh, just hasn't lived up to that contract. Absolutely. And <laughs> it, it, imagine if there was the, pl- the defensive play that was in front of Bobrovsky last season into this season. And with the performance that Bobrovsky had, there was so many arguments last season is it Bobrovsky's fault? Is it, is mm. it not Bobrovsky's fault? Frank and Josh, when they hosted the, the, the show, they had that the defense sucks. 
uh, <laughs> audio that they would consistently play. And yeah, it, I mean, there is a lot of lots and lots of truth to that. And with the Florida Panthers with their turnaround this season, they kind of got to see a little bit of where Bobrovsky could be at. Of course, the de- defense isn't perfect. The de- defense isn't the best in the league by any source. There's still things to work on in like the second defensive pairing and, and beyond. I, I think, of course, when Ekblad is healthy, the, that top defensive pairing will be right that, then and there. They found their diamond in the rough in Gustav Forsling. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Montour might walk. He might not. I, I won't lose sleep if he walks. And they gave up just a third-round pick for him. And th- this, might be, this might be an opportunity to bring up a developing piece in like a Brady Keeper or something like that. So that, that's also an opportunity for, for development as well at that spot. And th- the, I think that the, the Florida Panthers, they can only just go in the upward direction from here. Uh, 100% agree with that. Uh, I, I think the defense from last season to this season was, you know, it's, it's night and day. Um, you know, I think that the goaltending definitely benefited from it. And then, you know, secondly, we were able to find some pieces that really did work. Um, you talked about Bobby Orsling, you know, um, I, I love that nickname that they gave him. Um, you know, I, I, if there's a way that, you know, we can tell Seattle to take Drager and not take, Forsling, I'm 100% for that. I think he would be more valuable to the team. Um, and obviously you have Mackenzie Weger that had a breakout season. Uh, Ekblad coming back to the blue line. Um, I think he just changes the dimension of what we have. Um, and with Strawman and hopefully Yandel uh, exiting, it just means that, yes, there will be two spots open. Um, but who is that going to go to? Are we going to go, you know, inside the uh, organization? Um, is Q going to allow that just because he – he um he was not shy about benching uh keeper early in the season when he had a chance. I think he made a mistake in Nashville, and after that one play, he didn't play the rest of the game. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what Zito has up his sleeve again. Um, I do think that we might go the free agent route or the trade route to f- help fill those gaps. Um, and we won't do it on the expensive end. I think we'll do it on the cheaper end of somebody who, hey, listen, this guy might be a fifth or sixth, but we can't really – uh, afford them right now because of the cap situation and you know we'll be the benefactors again great points there and even though the cap number for anton stroman is not good i want to mm-hmm. applaud anton stroman because this was a guy who was placed on waivers earlier this season there were he was a guy who didn't really play much towards the end of the regular season in and out of the lineup at times on the taxi squad and he came into this series and paired up with Mackenzie Weger. And usually when you don't hear uh, a player's name, that, that usually means great things for, mm-hmm. for defensemen, especially we didn't hear Anton Stroman's name really at all. No, no real big mistakes or no really losing his man. And I'm, I'm looking back at some of my game notes from this series. And I see that, Anton Stroman, after after the Florida Panthers went 11F7D in game two, after that, he was placed on the on the top line starting game three. And 
didn't didn't have to call his number in in a bad way since no and it was it was nice to see i know um he gets a lot of hate because he's you know he's not as young as he used to be he's not as fast as he used to be but he's a smart player um i don't think he really ever put the team in a, a horrible position um you know, I'm not going to mention names because I think he gave three or four chances to the other team uh, that really cost us a couple of games. But um, no, it's always refreshing to see uh, a guy come back like that. Um, I don't think Marcus Nudevara had the best series, unfortunately. Um, I think in a way you kind of saw that he was kind of um, sheltered up in Columbus. Um, you didn't really hear his name up in the playoff roster back then. Um, and there was a reason why he was scratched last game. Uh, as well um, so definitely good to see Mr. Strawman come back and do that um, you know I just wonder now was that going to be his last ride uh, with Florida um, is he going to retire or you know is is there going to be a uh, decision to be made about buying him out so but uh, either way if uh, one of those two things happen um, Anton thank you uh, for the last two seasons and uh, thank you for being the ultimate professional and, and great message there from you to Anton Strawman Nick and I also, I can't help but to think of what the center position could be with Sam Bennett being an RFA. The, the Florida Panthers found something when they made that trade with a second round pick for the 2021 upcoming, the upcoming 2021 um, NHL entry draft. Excuse me, that uh, pick is 2022. And mm -hmm. Emil Hyman, who's a recent uh, second round pick Drafty. of the 2020 mm -hmm. entry draft. And you got a former fourth overall pick paired up with mostly Huberdeau and Duclair with some tippet in there. And one and two is pretty solidified for now. And I don't see a reason why Bill Zito and Coach Quenvo wouldn't want to bring him back. Uh, most definitely. Um, he obviously had uh, questionable decision-making in this series. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'll be honest, uh, after game one, I was not happy with how things shaked out with either the refereeing or the uh, player safety decisions. Mm -hmm. um, but that's neither here nor there anymore. It's, it's done. It's over with. But um, I think with Barkoff and Bennett, um, being our number one and number two centers, I think that we're deeper than what we were coming into the season. Uh, Alex Wenberg um, definitely did his best to cover that position, but I think he solidified himself as a good third line center on this team. And then looking into next season, the person that I am really looking forward to coming in and making the impact, Mr. Lundell, you can come on down, sir. And I'm settling and I'm signaling to you three C yes. on, the, on the zoom call. And right now, right now, I'm I'm following the I IIHF page on the Locked On Panthers account, seeing some updates on Anton Lundell, and I believe he had a goal just two two days ago for mm -hmm. for Finland. And yes, the I I'm I'm so excited for this first round pick from the 2020 NHL entry draft for the Florida Panthers and in playing this season in HIFK that which is very close to NHL play that they have over there in Liga and mm -hmm. I, I'm ex I, I I really hope he definitely comes over next season we don't we don't know at this point in time 
And of course, we could have an announcement by sometime this summer, like a month or two before the season starts. And that center position, especially, I, I mean, I expect divisions to go back to the regular ones, which means Carolina won't be in our division. They'll be in the Metropolitan. But if there's a central division with Mr. Lundell coming over, then we could the, the Florida Panthers can really challenge those centers of a uh, of Stahl, Trocheck, and Aho. But even even them not being in the same division next year, they it, when they face off against each other, then then they could go toe to toe against them. They can, and it'll be very interesting to see um, just how he acclimates his game. Um, I honestly think his showing early in the season. Um, in Liga, basically cemented Heinrich Borstrom's uh, tenure here over. Um, you know, again, still well wishes to him, and uh, hopefully his career uh, gets restarted up in Chicago. But uh, the fact that that kid did what he did in the first, I think, what, 10, 15 games of his, you know, of this season was ridiculous. Um, and I don't think I've been salvating over a prospect <laughs> Uh, like him since actually Alexander Barkov on this team. Um, and one other point I wanted to point out was Spencer Knight fell to Florida in 2019 and Anton Lundell fell to Florida in 2020. Makes me wonder what could happen in 2021. But, you know, I do think we have two pieces um, in, for the future that will be here long term and that will be very important to our success going forward. And Anton Lundell's season in Liga with 26 games played and 25.16 goals, nine assists for averaging almost a point a game. So lots of things to get excited about for a player like Anton Lundell. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. The NBA and the NHL are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins. Get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code locked on. Honestly, at least tonight, I'm not really too focused on the NHL entry draft. But according to Tankathon, which it's funny because usually <laughs> usually I don't look at Tankathon unless my team is in, of course, tank mode or they're they're losing. That that's something that's a website I looked at every single week when the Miami Dolphins were in 2019, the year that they went mm -hmm. five and eleven. And I I'm I'm looking at this site, and as of this at the, at this moment in time, the Florida Panthers are scheduled to make the 27th pick in the NHL entry draft, but that, that could be subject. No, it's by points percentage. So they're, they're set at 27 right now. So 
but at the same time, this is where you want to be. This is correct. You don't, you don't want to be in the top in the lottery every single year in the top five. And it's funny because when the NHL announced that they were changing lottery rules that you can't get the number one overall pick in a five-year span, I not going to lie, call me cocky, arrogant Florida Panther fan, but I kind of shrugged my shoulders because I thought to myself, this team is headed in the right direction. They're a playoff team. We don't have to worry about the number one overall pick or even being in the, in the top five. And it feels good to be in that position. It does. Uh, I think the teams that you really have to feel sorry for and continue to feel sorry for are teams like the Buffalo Sabres, uh, who are probably going to be losing their top player this summer, unfortunately. And then you have other teams like Anaheim uh, that are trying to dig themselves out. And then you have to think about other teams like possibly Chicago. Are they going to continue to turn it around or are they going to fall back down? Um, or Edmonton. You know, I know they have the Connor McDavid show up there, but uh, it doesn't really work if uh, it's only a, a seasonal thing and it doesn't work in the playoffs. So um, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, and, you know, who, who knows what will happen? Who knows what will happen? I, I'm just I'm glad that Florida doesn't really, as you said, have to really worry about that anymore. Um, you know, I would like it to be more than one season where we've had success. Um, but I think going forward with what we have and what we're going to be doing, uh, I think the team is definitely on the right track and picking anywhere between maybe 20 and 32 will be just fine with me. Absolutely. And there's a huge difference between when this team got out of the 2016 season versus now because they didn't spend a huge stretch of the season where they were dominant for most of it. It required, mm -hmm. a, 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 as part of the 2016 season, a, there was a point where there were, they needed a 12-game winning streak in order to get themselves going in, in order to get their division lead in the Atlantic division. And this this time around it was right from the start so there's huge differences and going into that next season there was a lot of tension between coach and front office and the coach that got us into the playoffs got fired like mid in in carolina and mm -hmm. we, we we don't need to touch on the taxi situation but stealing the words out of jameson olive of floridapanthers.com emotional investment that this ownership is making a veteran coach, a an up-and-coming executive that worked under Yarmo Kekalainen in Columbus. So if 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 there are people out there who think that this could be like the 2016 offseason after losing a heartbreaker at that time, mm -hmm. this is different in my opinion. It definitely is. And uh, I'm unfortunately going to shout out Larry Brooks of the New York Post for suggesting that Joel Quinville will be going to Seattle. Uh, you're out of your mind. Um, <laughs> you know, I suggested the only way that that would happen is if Seattle agreed to take Sergei Bobrovsky's contract 100%. That's the only way I could see Florida getting out from underneath that. But um, no, I think everything's in place. I think everybody is finally on the right page. I think everybody understands the mistakes that were hap that happened before. And there's not a power struggle this time. 
Um, whether that's, you know, between ownership management or coaching, I think everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants the same thing and they understand the process and what it takes now to put things together. Um, you know, and it's, it's very good to see. It's very nice to see that ownership is putting, uh, you know, an emotional thing into the community here where, you know, they're going to be rehabilitating an area that, you know, probably needs it. And on top of that, they're going to be investing in, in, you know, bring interest of the game here to Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, I, I think with the way that this team played this year um, and how the fans reacted, you know, came out for game five and had 75% capacity. I think it shows that this team can grow and the community community can grow with it. Um, I think once the Memorial um, building is actually done in the next year or two, uh, we're going to see a different dimension of this organization uh, take, uh, take a hold and, who knows what will happen from there? Um, you know, so it's pretty exciting to see. Absolutely. And the, the elephant in the room with losing this series is the, the playoff series drought continues from the 1996 season. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that the Florida Panthers ran into the defending Stanley Cup champions in round one. And we knew from the start that this was going to be a gauntlet that it, it honestly personally for for me if the florida panthers were able to get out of the first two rounds against carolina which they're looking like they're gonna advance and tampa bay if they were able to get past those two out of the central division then then i would have definitely said that the florida panthers can get past the the two the semifinal and the Stanley Cup final after if you were able to get out of that and honestly whoever is the one that gets out of that whether it's Tampa Bay or Carolina I'll, I'll give that I'll give Nashville they haven't been eliminated yet they, they can still make yeah. this a series if it, whoever's the team that gets out of this has a real good shot at winning it all and I can feel a little confident that they ran they pushed Tampa Bay to the limit in this series too. One hundred percent. You know, I, I think it's 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 great that you say that. You know, whatever team is going to come out of the Central um, has a legitimate shot at the Stanley Cup. I think is one hundred percent true. I think we were the best division this year. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what comes out of the East because uh, what do you have? Uh, Boston and the Islanders now because Pittsburgh just got eliminated uh, last night. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry, you Pittsburgh fans. Um, but that'll be a very good series. And then it'll be very interesting to see what happens up in Canada. It uh, looks like Toronto's finally going to win their first series uh, in a very long time. Since 04, uh, I believe. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of question marks with them. Um, you know, I hope, you know, Winnipeg continues to show what they have. I think they have depth. They have the goaltending. Um, and then out, you know, out West, I think you're going to still see, you know, you're going to have your Colorados and you're going to have your Vegas's. I mean, that's a series everybody wants to see. Um, but I think your eventual cup contenders are going to come out of that West and it's going to come out of the central. So, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be very interesting to see who comes out of, uh, the central this year and, you know, how they position themselves or how they play those teams out West. Something I kept note of was if the Panthers were to make it all the way to the semifinal round, the lowest seed that they could be was was number two in the semifinal. Mm -hmm. So they would have had home ice. But that means 
that means with if Carolina, of course, were to advance past the central, they would be they would be in that position. The only one who could jump them are either of the West Division teams, and one of them needs to advance. Both of yes. them can't with Vegas and Colorado. So there's a chance that the Central Division winner and the West winner could meet in the Stanley Cup final with looking at points with both bottom seeds in the East Division won their <laughs> and with Toronto looking to uh be well they're they they have a game five to play tonight against Montreal and likely to close it out. I would say they're at home, but there's no crowd up there in Canada. So I don't know how much that really matters or, or anything, but the, the, we could very well see a Tampa Bay versus a Vegas or Carolina versus a Colorado deep down inside. I wish that we could have seen a Florida Colorado because it would have been the battle of the former number one and number two overall picks from the 2013 NHL entry draft in Nathan McKinnon and Alexander Barkov. I think, and of course, a rematch of 96, where the Colorado Avalanche swept the Florida Panthers in that year. And I think it would have been a a beautiful storyline, but unfortunately it's going to have to wait another year for, for the Florida Panthers to make, make that a reality. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think the rematch in 96 would have been very good. I think it would have held, um, you know, a, a very uh, a very personal thing for, I think, Joel Quinville, to be honest, because that's when he won his first cup. He was an assistant mm-hmm. with them. Um, and then coming here in Florida and leading Florida to a, a cup, um, you know, a cup run against his old former team. I think that would have been something great to see. Um, but I, I'm going to go on the opposite side of you. I would have rather seen Florida against Vegas, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of people continuing to bring up the uh, expansion draft and what Florida gave up. And, you know, Dale Talon is an idiot, and, you know, he should he should have been fired for that. Um, I want I would want to see that. I would want to see March or so and Riley Smith go, on, mm-hmm. go up against the Florida Panthers and just have them just go at it. I, I honestly think – both teams would just play the most physical that they've ever played. And on top of that, with the goaltending, I think Spencer Knight against Marc-Andre Fleury, come on. Oh, yes. Like the, the awesome. new kid on the block, new kid on the block against the, the uh, future Hall of Famer. That would have been, number one that been amazing. Pick. Correct. So that would have been an awesome storyline. And especially since – it's been especially also since Riley Smith also made a uh, comment during the COVID during the COVID shutdown about playing in empty arenas. He said, "Oh, I played in Florida for so many years." He made he made that comment uh, just last year. So that 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 comment when I heard it, it was like the little Arthur gift, the fist, the shaking of the fist. So th- yeah. I I saw that one. I'm like, ooh, I, I I would love to meet the Vegas Golden Knights in that one. So that's actually a very great point as well, but. <laughs> that 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 would have been awesome to see, but there there's an off season. Unfortunately, the Florida Panthers season is over, and there's lots of things to look forward to. And I'm I couldn't be excited for the people listening to bring more off season content to you guys. And stay stay locked locked into Locked On Panthers. Subscribe, and I'll be bringing some off season content for you. I'll be bringing some guests on, 
maybe maybe I will have another round table with the Panther Parkway guys. I mean, now that this is on recording and people are hearing this, that means, uh, Nick, that we have to do it with the guys. I am 100% all in on that. I uh, can't wait to hear their uh, their final thoughts and uh, respects on what they thought about the season. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of them felt doom and gloom after what first two games, like this is over, or after three game four, this is over. Not to but, name uh, anybody. You know, <laughs> I, I, will not, I definitely will not. Um, but there's also uh, an individual or two in that room uh, that basically said, "Hold on, guys, the series isn't over." And then, sure enough, game five you know, they showed us, you know, that, you know, they could make it a series. So um, lots to look forward to this summer. I think we have a lot of storylines that we could definitely talk about. And, um, you know, I'll definitely be uh, chiming in or uh, listening uh, this summer. So Armando, thank you again. Thank you again for, for joining me on this. And for my listeners, where they uh, where can they find you on the internet? Well, I, I am one of the writers for pantherparkway.com. And if you guys would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Prudentia zero. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining. Thank you again, Armando. Have a great one. And thank you once again to Nick Fairbanks of pantherparkway.com for coming on the Locked On Panthers podcast to talk about this game six defeat and the season as a whole and reflect with me a little bit on this season for the Florida Panthers, a magical ride that unfortunately ended in the first round in six games against Tampa Bay. And with the Florida Panthers season being over, I want to say to you, the listener, thank you so much for allowing me to be your host and you tuning into this podcast. The, the, I have so much gratitude from the time that I took over in January to you guys interacting with me on Twitter, to all my awesome guests. <laughs> I, I think I'm just looking at the list right now. Frank being on the show multiple times. Jacob being on the show multiple times. Nick Fairbanks being on multiple times. Caitlin Daly of Five Reasons Sports. David Dwork multiple times. Alex Dono, just to name a few. My counterpart, Adam Danker. Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks, five, a five-time guest on this show. Kenneth Nash, multiple-time guest. Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets as well. The all the guys from Panther Parkway who participated in the round table discussions for this season. And it's just been an awesome ride for the Florida Panthers. And I'm glad to be bringing the Panthers content for you five days a week, your team every day, something we preach on, on the locked on podcast network. But one thing I do want you guys to do is if you listen to this podcast on Apple, I want you guys to leave a review. Tell me your actual thoughts on how I did this season as a host for the show. Good, bad. I'll, of course, I'll read it. And if it's bad or good, I'll... I'll be a good sport about it anyway, and you know what? The bad ones, I'll look at them, and it'll help me become better as a host. And that's what I want for you guys. This show is about you guys, you, the listener, on how you can be provided with the most Florida Panthers content as I can put out there for you guys, and you guys deserve it. Thank you for 
your listenership. Thank you for your interaction. Thank you for all of your support. So, to finish off this season, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast drops so it'll be right in your podcast feed. Don't forget to listen to Locked On NHL where they'll be covering the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. And don't forget also the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And once you're done listening to this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, make sure to listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Oh.